politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to fight anew for our life, liberty, and property, and all that matters here at CR Podcast. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back here today for the final day of February. It is Tuesday, and it is another day to fight for what is right with truly independent conservative news and views. Folks... The GOP House, much vaunted. Oh, man, we fought an entire election over this to just get control of this GOP majority. They're finally back after two and a half weeks out. And it's like, what have they done? What are they planning on doing? What is so eerie is that you look at our country now. You look at the rape of Americans at the hands of their government on every single front, the violation, the defilement of the social compact on every account. And what's amazing is there's like two things. There's the playing field of actual policy outcomes of what matters. And then there's the politics, the cheerleaders, the concession stands to move that analogy along. And at the concession stands, there's a lot of uh, pomp and there's a lot of hype. There's a lot of talk. But on the field, there's nothing happening. There's nothing happening. It's all talking points. Oh, but the Democrats, but China, you know, the whole China thing now. Everyone's missing the point. Oh, you see, we were right. We were banned for saying it's a lab leak. It was a lab leak. No, it's not a lab leak. That's a limited hangout of the federal government. To the average American, if it's from a bat lab or a Chinese lab, doesn't mean much to them. What are you going to do about it? We can't solve that. The real issue, it's the American virus. It's like the idiot focusing on the finger when someone points to the moon. It's not the Wuhan lab that matters. They have bio labs all over Georgia and Ukraine. Africa, everywhere, they're, they're creating more viruses, more vaccines. You know, last week, the CDC Advisory Committee, ACIP, they had a whole meeting on a whole slew of vaccines they're planning, including, obviously, RSV, and they're all problematic. They all have uh, danger signals, even in the fabricated data put out by the actual manufacturers. And there's no effort on any front the, the actual stopping the gain of function of DARPA, the actual stopping of the bioweapon vaccines, the stopping of, you know, these restrictions on prescribing. Even the emergency powers and the lockdowns and the masking. How is it that the House has not voted to ban mask mandates? Something that simple. Even the Senate voted for that, actually passed it last year with the Democrats in control. It's just so bizarre. You know, you contrast that to uh, Democrats. We're, we're looking at all these GOP legislatures. They've done absolutely nothing, with the exception of a couple. Tennessee has done some good stuff. But this is from the Minneapolis Star Tribune. 
Governor Waltz has already signed more than half a dozen bills into law this session, including proposals to make Juneteenth a state holiday, ban discrimination based on someone's hair texture or style. Proposals are simultaneously racing through the process on other major priorities, including legalizing marijuana, implementing a paid family medical leave, requiring sick and safe time for workers. They also they, they, they basically banned carbon in the entire state. And the reason why I mention Minnesota is because that was a state where they only had two branches. They had the House and the governorship, and they flipped the Senate from the Republicans this time. As soon as they win a trifecta, boom! I mean, it's just one issue after another. It's kind of like the DeSantis in reverse. He's the only Republican who does this the other way around. But Democrats, when they get a hold of a trifecta, it's just one issue after another. And here we're struggling everywhere. In states like Wyoming, we can't even pass anything. By the way, it's interesting how in Wyoming, finally, it's become national news. We were the first to obsess about this, how the speaker of Wyoming is a San Francisco leftist, where there's barely any official Democrats left in the Wyoming legislature. So finally, it's become national news because the students, not systems, education movement is upset at him for blocking their bill. And yeah, I admit, I admit it, I'm kind of jealous. I'm jealous of that movement. Why don't we have that on medical freedom? Yeah, we only suffered millions of deaths and destruction, destruction of society, culture, economy, the human body, DNA. People died from everything, the, from the uh, virus to the blocking of treatment to the remdesivir to obviously the shots. And there's no such movement in place. Oh, but you mess with the well-funded students, not systems movement. Oh, that's that's a bridge too far. All right, well, I'll, I'll take it. A little bit weird. But anyway, you see the point. It's all about the politics. Treating China like we tr- treated the global war on terror. Oh, that's the next bogeyman. And believe me, I'm, I was anti-China before it's cool. But, th- but the, the main issue is internal, not external. It's our government. To the extent China is involved in it, it's because of our government. What are we doing about that? I'm seeing no meaningful hearings in judiciary or oversight. No, no meaningful legislative work. It's truly a disgrace. Truly, truly a disgrace. So folks, that's where we are today. Um... Now, one thing you can do to make sure you actually focus on outcomes is to stop funding those who hate our values. Patriot Mobile now offers service with all three major networks. That means if you're with the big three, like the service, but hate their values, which I would assume applies to a lot of people, you can access them through Patriot Mobile. They're also offering a performance guarantee. So if you're not happy for whatever reason, you can go back. So it's literally all benefit, no risk, to join America's only Christian conservative wireless provider that they give you the same service sans the support for satanic values. Make sure this year to resolve to start supporting companies that actually align with your values. Uh, also, Patriot Mobile, they, they're the only ones 
that have an English-speaking, 100% U.S.-based customer service team making the switches easier today than ever before. Go to patriotmobile.com slash CR or call them at 878-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with offer code CR. So, folks, I've been meaning to get to this for a while. There's a lot of news on the border front because I think this really, this really embodies it embodies everything that we're going through. Until now, you know, throughout my career, I covered illegal immigration a lot. And, and the thought was that they're willing to even allow the cartel so much power if it achieves, achieves their goals of getting more illegal aliens to subvert the culture, vote, um, more workers for their businesses. They're willing to even suffer the cartels. But what's become clear recently is the cartels are not, you know, a necessary evil to achieving their political agenda. They're downright working with the cartels to basically attack our own country. What do you do if you have a government that attacks its own country, literally works with brutal cartels to invade with military-age men its own country? And then gets the women to flood the hospitals so Americans can access health care, drop a baby, automatically deem that baby an American, which is bull garbage. Um, I, I used to cover that for years. I have a whole chapter on it in my book, Stolen Sovereignty, from 2016. There's no such thing. It's a made-up uh, concept, even if you believe in one Kim Ark that dumb 1896 opinion that created birthright citizenship, it wouldn't apply to invaders that, that come in against the consent of the people. Um, but anyway, and then they use the cartels, work with the cartels to denude America's ranchers of their right to self-defense and prosecute them for murder while they're murdering our people. That's basically what's happening on the legal immigration front okay that's that, that, that's what's happening there what, what are we going to do about it so before we talk about what we're going to do about it i just want to frame the issue a couple of of news items just to update we've touched on a little bit before um first off just wanted to say they have the fentanyl numbers came out and i think at homeland security they are having a hearing today on this in the, in the first four months of the fiscal year, about 12,800 pounds of fentanyl have been found. You can imagine the fentanyl that hasn't been caught. About 12,800 pounds. I estimated that, um, according to DEA, 2.2 pounds could give you 500,000 deadly doses. So that would mean that just from what they caught in the first four months would be 3.5 billion deadly doses worth. So that's what you have there. Obviously, you have millions of illegals. At best, you have the so-called families uh, you know, flooding our culture, our hospitals, our education. And then at worst, you have an overwhelming number of military-age men coming in to subvert the country. I want to focus on one news item that, you know, I, I reported on this about the Yuma Hospital for years because I know the sheriff there. 
um, Leon Wilmot, terrific guy, and he was actually at this hearing last week. There was a Judiciary Committee field hearing in Arizona at the border, and this guy, Dr. Robert Trenchell, he's the president and CEO of Yuma Regional Medical Center. And you have to understand that this is a relatively, it's the largest hospital in the area, but there's no hospital for many miles around, and it's not like, you know, Johns Hopkins or something. It's it's a mid-sized hospital. And here's what he told the committee, at least in his written testimony, about the, the scope of what they're going through. Over the last approximately year and a half, we've had a significant number of migrants cross the border into our community. Our hospital saw an increase in the number of migrants seeking care in the late fall, early winter of 2021. Note the time. They arrived to our hospital emergency room in a multitude of ways. Some patients come to, the, to us via Border Patrol. Others walk in, take a taxi. We're the only acute care center in the area. Some migrants come to us with minor ailments, but many of them come in with significant disease. We have had migrant patients on dialysis, cardiac uh, catheterization, and in need of heart surgery. Many are very sick. They have long-term complications. Some end up in the ICU for 60 days or more. One of the largest cohorts we have seen are maternity patients who present with little or no prenatal care. These higher-risk pregnancies and births result in higher complication rates, longer hospital stays due to a lack of prenatal care. Many of these babies require a stay in the neonatal ICU, some for months at a time. There are language, cultural concerns with migrant patients. We work with them, but when you consider the volume, we don't have these resources, basically. Migrants often require three times the amount of human resources to resolve their cases. We have paid for emergency air transport when they need a higher level of care. We paid for hotel rooms, taxis, car seats. We do these things because it's the right thing to do, yada, yada. None of these expenses are included in the $26 million figure, the cost that he, that he estimates. We have delivered over $26 million in uncompensated care to these individuals in the 12-month period of time from December 2021 to November 2022. And talks about all this, you know, care. And I'm thinking, I want you guys to remember this. We were told that we were, they were able to shut down our movements within, including our breathing, within our own country. And indeed, for a while, they were imposing travel bans within states of Americans to make sure hospitals weren't burdened by something that those things were not going to make a difference. Yet somehow, we cannot shut down illegal immigration completely because of the burden on hospitals. You talk about the rape of America, and then they could come in, block treatment for Americans, have these complicated maternal fetal situations, and then that kid's an American citizen against the will of America. That's story number one. Story number two. This is from just the news. Um, 
they did an interview with Kinney County Sheriff Brad Coe, C-O-E. Um, Kinney County obviously is is pretty much right on the border in central Texas. We're experiencing a silent invasion of military-age men, he said. It's being committed primarily, pri- primarily by single military-age men between the ages of 17 and 45, illegally entering the U.S. They're wearing camouflage, carrying backpacks. They have radios. He called it a Trojan horse. They set up in our cities, take over through voting or crime, scare the local people who move out. It's happening in Houston, Dallas, and San Antonio. This is what's happening of the major cities in Texas. And by the way, I watch very carefully the the stories of jailbreak and you know constant you know repeat violent offenders getting out, committing more murder in places like Houston. A good number of them appear to be illegal aliens. I'm not saying it's the only problem. Even without it, we have that crime problem. But uh, it's unbelievable. You can win a lot of battles without getting violent. Referring to the silent invasion. Um, Coe last month sent down an SOS asking for help from other counties to apprehend human smugglers. There's only 3,000 people in his county, but it's a pretty large area to patrol. And Coe, who's the current sheriff, was a former Border Patrol agent, so he's obviously very familiar with this. His deputies made 877 arrests, filing 3,000 felony charges. And remember, this is a county where you only have 3,000 Americans living in it. The other unknown is what's not on camera. You might see two or three on camera, but shadows are also visible, indicating there are more people behind them. So, welcome to the America we now have. Military-aged men forcing their way into the country. And with that, I want to report to you on the third story. We talked a lot about about this last week, and I want to just give an update if you haven't heard. This rancher in Nogales, Arizona, really the busiest drug-smuggling carter for the Sinaloa cartel. So this man was originally arrested on murder one, premeditated murder charges, held for three weeks with a million-dollar bail without um, the government, you know, the county prosecutor even putting out a statement of narrative, much less a probable cause statement until last week. So what happened was, they again, they, they, they claim that he shot an, an illegal alien trafficker among one of eight illegals on his property that they admit were there, shot in cold blood, and they have no evidence. They don't even have ballistics back, which is very bizarre. Almost a month later, straight up just from the testimony of the traffickers themselves, who are known traffickers, who have been convicted before, who have come here illegally, didn't have the right to be in the country, didn't have the right to be on his property. Prima facie, has the right to defend himself. He asserted self-defense. And he doesn't even think that he shot them. It could very well be the cartel shot them to put him away so they could use his uh, um, ranch as a trafficking carter. They've been known to do that before. And the county corrupt government is working with the cartel against this guy to put him away. So last week, they were forced to admit, whoops, we don't have murder one. They recharged him for murder two. 
second degree murder and then aggravated assault, except aggravated assault usually means you beat someone up. This is threatening someone with a gun, like chasing, chasing the illegals with his rifle. That's what they're alleging. And But the problem is that once you let go of that murder one, they're admitting this wasn't some crazy guy with a nefarious plot that he just woke up and looked out his window and said, I've had enough, I'm just going to go shoot some illegals. They admit that there was an altercation. So once you admit that, that there was an altercation, and they have no evidence that his side of the story is incorrect and their side of the story is correct, how could you charge him with anything without providing evidence? And obviously there's a lot of talk recently of the governor, Katie Hobbs, engaging in money laundering with the Sinaloa cartel. There's more on that. We're gathering info on that. But this is the America we now live in. Just like a man is a woman, a life-saving drug is poison. Poison is a life-saving therapeutic. So the cartel invaders are the victims, and our ranchers engaging in self-defense are the perpetrators. Again, when you think of this, you have to understand You have to throw out all of your former political thoughts, strategies. There is no blueprint for dealing with a government that's like this. There really isn't. So a couple of things. A couple of things. Number one, this is why border security is meaningless. You will never shut down the flow with so-called border security. It's all about cutting off the magnets. You know, Governor DeSantis announced a mandatory e-verify across the state and banning in-state tuition, which was put up by Rick Scott, the previous governor. And this is the type of thing, if you had half the governors working together and saying, we will not tolerate an invasion, we're cutting off all magnets to illegals. But no, he has no one to work with. Instead, Sununu, Christy Nome, they trash him rather than working with him on this. I'm hearing today the Oklahoma legislature, not only are they not banning illegal immigration, they're holding a hearing in the Senate on SB 669, which would give driver's licenses to illegals, and I'm told Governor Kevin Stitt supports it. So that's what you have for a Republican uh, red state. If you dry up the jobs and the bennies, this is over you know, in a second. That is the most important thing we can do on the legal immigration front. This, we cannot wait for the next president. We can, certainly Congress ain't doing anything about that. And anyway, you can't force them to secure a border that's just with no verifiable benchmarks. The states need, this is the only way of de- dealing with this. The government has violated the social compact. The states need to work together to deal with this. That is the single most important action item. Otherwise, you know, everything else is just talk. Straight up talk. Meaningless. So that is what we have on the legal immigration front. Except for Florida, I'm not seeing states do anything. And then, of course... We have um, COVID stuff. Notice I don't have too much good news for you on any of the action items we highlight in the rise of the Fourth Reich. That's because there isn't much. This is from uh, 
the Indiana Capital Chronicle, Vaccines and an increase in skepticism and rejection were big news during the depths of the COVID pandemic. But the public policy discussion has faded out with a flurry of bills intended to limit the jabs dying without ever getting heard. One bill would have blocked the state and units of local government from requiring that minors get COVID vaccines. Another bill would have limited employers' ability to mandate COVID tests. Some bills extended to all vaccines, like a bill that would have made it easier for prospective foster families to bypass the vaccine requirements. Another would have taken all student vaccine information off the records and transcripts and given the lawmakers the power, not the Indiana Department of Health, the power to change the list of mandatory vaccines. None got a hearing. You have four to one, three to one GOP majorities there. But, you know, they have constitutional carry. That's a red state for you. Everyone's like, ha ha, this is absurd. It's a Wuhan lab. Ah, Fauci was wrong. They were wrong. I mean, pretty much everyone's saying that. But to this day, no one will focus on the depths of what truly happened and therefore understand what legally needs to be done to preclude it while it's happening again. This is just the dumbness of conservative media. Of which Republican politicians are a reflection. They just focus on the political talking point. While the left marches on. While our government marches on. With its biomedical genocidal agenda. And there's not even a speed bump. To stop the next iteration. Well mind you in a state like Indiana. You still have it in every healthcare setting. And university. The vaccine mandates even for this poison shot much less the others that need to be taken off. Nothing changes. Nothing changes. You know, I, I, I told Steve Davis, like, I didn't think there was a need to write this book. Isn't it obvious? No, obviously it wasn't. And that's what we wanted to do, to red pill people into action, to make them pissed off, which is what the book does. Yeah, I'm going to boil your blood so much that even if you got the clot shots, it'll work like natokinase and <laughs> work as a anticoagulant. But we are nowhere near solving the problem of where we are. Nowhere near this. So that's the thing. This, this, this issue is going to go on, just like illegal immigration. It's become a talking point. But they won't do the things it takes. Um, look at what Biden's doing. Yeah, but you control half the governments. Why isn't every red state banning employment and all bennies? In state tuition, K through twelve, get together and 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 create a state deportation program. How long ago was it that DeSantis said he would do that? He was on my show like a year and a half ago talking about that. And he doesn't have anyone to work with. Not a single other governor. It's truly disgusting. Where do we turn in these times of the violation of the social compact? Well, one thing is we don't have fearless men. We have godless men, not fearless men. So I just wanted to pitch for you. Um, There's an event taking place. If you go to Fearless Army Roll Call, fearlessarmyrollcall.com, 
It's Jason Whitlock, my colleague, who's in Nashville. He's holding an event in Nashville um, for a, a meeting to pray together, strategize together, encouraging one another toward love and good deeds. And now is the time to stand up to these forces of darkness. It's basically called Fearless Army Roll Call. It's an all-day event to encourage men to actually stand up for godly values, stand up for against those destroying our culture, raping our culture, I would say. Um, it's a conference. You'll hear from Jason and several others. A couple other Blaze people will be there. Um, this will inspire you to be a better husband, to be a better man, better father. Hopefully, it will inspire, uplift, and even entertain. So again, go to fearlessarmyrollcall.com to register for the April 15th event at Nashville. Prices will go up after March 5th. So make sure you do that today if you want to attend. That's fearlessarmyrollcall.com. So folks, I want to move on for the remainder of the show back to East Palestine. We talked a lot about this last week on how this is a perfect mirror image of COVID, a mirror image of the government looking you in the eye and saying safe and effective when you don't even need to speculate about, you know, very, a very much an educated guess on problems arising in the future, but you see prima facie in front of your eyes problems like people are dying of the vaccine short term. So, oh my gosh, what is that portend long term? And they say like, no, no, it's 100% safe. We're going to mandate it. Um, so same thing here. We're like thinking, man, these are the most carcinogenic things around. You just blew up the joint. How do you have bring the people back right away? And then right away they come back and they smell it. And you say it's not a problem. And then they all say they're getting rashes. Some are have, experiencing respiratory problems. We had someone on, um, you know, uh, the prior week, uh, a resident that had to take her daughter to the ER twice uh, and, and and these are all the symptoms of these chemicals. How in the world could you say it's not a problem? And again, much like COVID, we'll, we'll focus on the wrong thing, a lab leak, a this or that, and not what's the genocide right in, right in front of your eyes. So they'll focus on the derailment, the derailment. Okay, but, but that's not even the issue. The issue is what we know in front of our eyes. You have this in the... New York Post, um, doctors say, this is from a resident, a 40-year-old auto detailer there. Doctors say, I definitely have the chemicals in me, but there's no one in town who can run the toxicological test to find out which ones they are. My voice sounds like Mickey Mouse. My normal voice is low. It's hard to breathe, especially at night. My chest hurts so much at night. I feel like I'm drowning. I cough up phlegm a lot. I lost my job because the doctor won't release me to go to work. Um, you go to the Washington Post. They even have a story on independent analysis performed by Texas A&M of uh, the EPA data compiled so far. Uh, they found nine air pollutants at levels that, if they persist, could raise long-term health concerns in and around and around these policies. I mean, that's another thing. Uh, they're denying the problem even right up to the rail crash. We're wondering how far this thing could go, and that's before you get to the issue of the Ohio River and the water basin. And it's an examination of the EPA data. Uh, the Texas A&M re- researchers found elevated levels of chemicals known to trigger eye and lung irritation, headaches, and other symptoms, as well as some that are known or suspected to cause cancer. 
Um, it would take months, if not years, of exposure to the pollutants for serious health effects, said uh, Walusha Chu, one of the researchers. And again, just like with the vaccines, Fauci said all hell could break loose 10 to 12 years later, even if you don't see any problems. So certainly if you do, and yet it's nothing. We also found out that they were dumping the waste into Michigan and Texas without telling anyone. And I get it. You have to dump it somewhere. Um, you got to get it out of there. But they weren't even notifying the governors of those states. What in the world is going on? So there's actually breaking news you might not have heard about, but I want to share with you, again, just like with COVID, the kind of legal equivalent of the FLCC for the forgotten man in this whole crisis was We the Patriots USA, headed by Brian Festa. We've had him on many times throughout COVID, uh, doing lawsuits for those that you know had no voice. They were forced into the mandates, denied jobs, denied organ transplants. Uh, he is one of our star witnesses in the rise of the Fourth Reich. Well, you know they're moving on to other issues as well, and he has the first of its kind lawsuit against the EPA for telling them it was safe to go back. So with us to describe some of these details and more is Brian himself. Hey, Brian, thanks so much for joining us once again here at CR Podcast. Hi, Daniel. Great to be back. Thanks. So I was really surprised by this, and I'm glad you notified me of this lawsuit. So could you just describe the um, the process here? I mean, is it on behalf of several residents? And what are these victims alleging uh, who is the defendant you're, you're naming here, and what sort of laws do you feel were violated? Well, we are the uh, first named plaintiff, we the Patriots USA. So very often in these lawsuits, as you know, Daniel, we'll just be bringing it on behalf of other individuals. But in this case, we are actually a plaintiff ourselves, because from the start, from the beginning of our organization, in its inception, if you actually look at our website, you go to the uh, mission statement on our website under About Us, we said from the beginning that one of the things we were working to protect was environmental safety, especially the removal of radiological and chemical toxins. And we were talking about, we weren't just thinking about, you know, chemical spills. We were thinking about things, of course, like, you know, 5G contamination and, of course, uh, toxins in our foods uh, that they don't tell us about, GMOs, all these other things. Um, we, we weren't thinking about a derailment at the time, but this fits right in line with that, actually. And um, we have another plaintiff that has joined us, and her name is Courtney Miller. She also goes by Courtney Fish. She's been featured in a lot of national media the last... Yeah, she was uh, on Tucker. Yeah, she was on Tucker twice, actually, in the last week. Um, and so she is another one of our plaintiffs. And um, we are very excited to be representing her because she lives about only about 100 yards from the derailment site. So she is suffering greatly as a result of this disaster. And the EPA and Ohio officials need to be held accountable. They have absolutely lied to the American public, lied to the residents of East Palestine and the surrounding areas, including downstream, downwind of this disaster in Pennsylvania. A lot of these rural communities where people um, really don't have a lot of resources and rely on the government to be giving them accurate information when something like this happens. Uh, this is the worst chemical disaster on American soil in our lifetimes, perhaps 
ever. Um, if you've listened to people who actually know what they're talking about here, including Kristen Megan Kelly, who hosts a podcast, Vets and Visionaries, for us, um, she is an expert in this area. I think you've spoken to her before on your show. She's an industrial hygienist. She did a lot of work during COVID talking about the masking and how it was uh, not effective. Um, and her colleague, Tammy Clark, is also working with us on this. They were both present at a press conference in Akron yesterday when we announced this lawsuit. But, yeah, we are holding them accountable because people, by and large, believe it or not, Daniel, even, <laughs> it's, hard, it's hard to believe but after the last three years, but people, by and large, still rely on the government to get accurate information about public health and safety. I don't know why, but they do. <laughs> and because of that, um, we need to make sure they're giving accurate information because what they're telling the people there is absolutely not true. I mean, uh, you see lawsuits now, you know, the Congress opened the door for Camp Lejeune recovery, I think, last year sometime. Um, we've seen all kinds of class actions over that. This is going to make that look like child's play. The amount of toxins that were released into the air and water, this is going to last for decades, and it's extremely, extremely toxic, carcinogenic. Um, and I- I'm not a scientist. Kristen can get into more details if you'd like to have her on at some point to talk about the specific chemicals that were released and the dangers they pose, she'd be a great guest. Uh, I am not a scientist, I'm a lawyer, but what I do know is we had the resources because of generous donors like your listeners to bring this initial action. We still, of course, need you know, more funding, um, and people can support this lawsuit at wethepatriotsusa.org, but really um, we had the resources because of our donors, to bring this initial action, this emergency action, and we felt that we had to do it. We could not stand idly by while these people are being poisoned and the government is lying to them. What are you hearing on the ground? Like, how widespread are some of these side effects that people are experiencing? Um, you know, the rashes, the respiratory issues, the throat itching from, from this suddenly trouble breathing. Um, how widespread are you hearing this? Well, from what Courtney tells me, again, I'm not on the ground, but from what Courtney and from what Kristen and Tammy tell me firsthand, because they actually visited East Palestine yesterday after the press conference, um, they were wearing proper PPE because they know what to wear to protect themselves. But even with the PPE, they were saying they, they were having a lot of side effects just from a few hours of exposure. Few hours. Uh, yeah, burning throat, difficulty talking, difficulty breathing, just after a few hours. And this is how many weeks uh, since this has happened? Three weeks since it's happened? I, I feel and, like wringing someone's neck, Brian. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I'm just so mm-hmm. lit because this is COVID 2.0 in the sense that even the people raising questions, they're raising the wrong questions. Like, oh, how did it derail or something? Like in the past... And, and the same thing with COVID, like, oh, what did they know or this? And I'm like, right now there's people with subclinical myocarditis. you got to get these things, first of all, taken off. And then, you know, the treatment's in place and these people hung for what they did. And, you know, all this stuff in the pipeline, pipeline ended. It's the same thing here. These people should be moved out. They should have been moved out while the cleanup takes place. And we can verify it's not a problem. Um, isn't this a general problem you know, we were always accused of being right-wingers who don't care about the environment. But in fact, just like with health, same thing. When you have regulatory capture, so it boxes out the ability of an, another sphere of the economy to take care of something. So like you said, so therefore we rely on the government because we pretty much have to because they took over the issue. 
So then they take over all of the diagnostics. They take over the responsibility for this stuff, just like the FDA takes over everything. And when they don't want a product that is safe, they certainly ban it and make it very hard to get it approved. So then, you know, when you need them and something is toxic, they'll approve it. So isn't this kind of the EPA equivalent of what the FDA did? Absolutely. And I think this is their next play. I mean, you and I and others uh, who are in the know during COVID talked about, you know, as COVID seemed to be winding down, well, you know, this can't be it. Something else has got to be coming on the horizon. I didn't predict it would be train derailments, but I I knew there was going to be some other biological weapon released into the environment. And I'm not making an allegation that they did it on purpose. I know some people have alleged that. I don't have evidence of that at this moment. So I, I'm not going to say that. But regardless of how it happened, the fact is it did This is happen. being done on purpose. The fact that you're telling me that anyone who goes there experiences symptoms and they're still in, in, your, in front of your face saying it's safe. So could you explain in the legal sense, what is your cause of action? Their, their statements, their actions, what, what sort of what, – what, what are you bringing to court? So under um, the 14th Amendment of the United States Constitution, there's this um, state-created danger doctrine. And the Sixth Circuit, many circuits have adopted The Second Circuit has adopted it. The Sixth Circuit has also uh, recognized a state-created danger exception to the general rule. I mean, the general rule is that the government officials uh, don't have an affirmative duty to protect individuals from harm. Uh, Believe it or not, that is the general rule, but there's this exception if they do something affirmatively to create the danger themselves. Under the 14th Amendment, um, it's a violation uh, of the substantive due process clause of the 14th Amendment. So um, what it is, is they've taken an affirmative action by not only not doing the testing, which is sort of an omission, not doing the proper testing, but the affirmative action is lying to the people, telling them it's safe when it's not, telling them they don't have to evacuate when, in fact, they do. Um, it's very clear. I mean, Courtney will tell you the health effects that she's had. She's had to, you know, for days at a time, she'll have to go stay with a friend, you know, in, in, in Pennsylvania, and then she comes back, and she has to come back to her home. And um, it's been very, very harrowing for her because every time she has to come back into the environment, she keeps getting these symptoms. This is where she lives. And very clearly, they are not telling the truth because, um they're, the testing they're doing, and Kristen can, again, explain this in, in way more detail, but the testing they're doing is woefully inadequate. So, for instance, instead of doing an eight-hour testing span of testing the air uh, quality, they'll test it just a spot test. So they'll do one sample test in a single moment of time, and they'll yeah. say it's clean, when really you're supposed to test it over an eight-hour period. Same thing with the water. They're only testing on the absolute surface of the water. They're not going below the surface of the water. They're not going to the sludge that's settled on the bottom, which is, of course, contaminating the whole body of water that people are drinking from. They're not testing any of that. They're just testing just on the surface, which, of course, it sinks. It doesn't just stay on the surface. So, you know, even a layperson can understand that. I think you understand that very well. I understand that. And this is what they're doing, but they're not telling people. And what's so laughable is during COVID, Daniel, you know, they were telling us all to mask up, stay six yes. feet apart. Even whether you're going to the grocery store, whether you're going to, well, church, they shut down. But, you know, whatever you're going to, stay six feet apart, mask up, double mask, everything for, you know, a, 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 a virus that was not um, – transmittable that way. And, and we now know, and even the government itself has admitted, that masks don't work to, to stop the spread, the transmission of COVID. 
But now, when we do have deadly toxins in the air, this plume of many dozens of, of very highly toxic chemicals went into the air and are still in the air and the water. They're telling people, just go out. You don't have to put yeah, anything no on your face. You don't have to wear PPE. You don't have to wear gloves when you touch things. Just go out and act like nothing's happened. So, I, I mean, anyone, again, that's why I was kind of laughing before. I don't know why anyone still trusts the government, but unfortunately, they're the only ones that have the power. We actually got some flack originally when we announced we were bringing this lawsuit from some people, some of our followers who said, why are you going after the government? Uh, it's, it's Norfolk Southern's fault. They're the ones that caused this. They're, yeah. they're the ones that are responsible for cleaning it up. Not the, we shouldn't be relying on the government. That's not how life works. That's, that's not, not how, how life works, yeah. That's not how the law works. The EPA, yeah. listen, the federal government and Ohio public health departments, they're the only ones that have the authority under the law to evacuate people and yes. to give public health guidance. Norfolk Southern can't do that. So we can't force their hand to do anything. I'm we have to force the government's hand. I'm sick of that game. The, the whole shell game is Norfolk Southern. You could talk about what they have to pay in terms of compensation, but we're talking about the logistics, the logistics. And, and again, if you didn't have all these agencies, a federal and state level would be one thing, and we could talk about what society should and would look like. But the reality is once you do, it creates a regulatory capture. It boxes out everything else, and that's how our society runs. What suddenly – I mean I, I love it how like you know whenever you have hurricanes, everyone expects you know, DeSantis this was very hands-on and this this and that and suddenly you have the worst worst toxic chemical spill in in, in a tiny town and you know because you, so you're, you're not even dealing with millions of people and suddenly there's no resource there i mean everyone knows if this happened in florida he would have put them up in hotels uh you know elsewhere in the state would have taken care of that and somehow this is still not being done and all oh, it's norfolk southern's thing yeah i mean th there's issues there but this is an immediate thing and government shames people into, you know, every time is a disaster. Remember Hurricane Sandy? I mean, if you didn't spend yeah. trillions of dollars, you know, you were a horrible person. Somehow on this, there's no shame. There's no emergency supplemental bill. Typically, Congress would come in immediately. Um, that's just kind of how our government works. Instead, it's maybe they'll hold a hearing on train derailments. But it's not a matter of the train der derailment. It's, 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 the, it's the release that they did, and then knowing that not just knowing but then they saw the plume and still had them go back and then they felt the uh experience and they feel it to this day and they still don't have them go at go back that's unbelievable how could people help contribute to this uh uh this lawsuit so this litigation as you might imagine will be we anticipate will be very expensive as it proceeds i mean initially uh, we had to make an investment so we have a lawsuit fundraiser up there that's a quarter of a million dollars two hundred fifty thousand dollars um, and, you know, obviously that's going to take a while to raise that much money. Um, we're not anywhere close to that right now. And we had to invest from our donor reserves because uh, we do have a litigation fund. Whenever someone makes a general donation to We the Patriots, it goes to uh, a portion of that donation goes to the litigation fund um, and also our operational expenses, of course. But we have a reserve so that we can do things like this. So when there's an emergency, we can act quickly. And this is why I want to thank your listeners so much because they have stepped up in the past and yes. contributed. And we appreciate that support. I want to just say while I'm on air how grateful I am for each and every one of them for doing that because they allowed us to be able to take a chunk of cash. And it was not an insubstantial, uh, an unsubstantial <laughs> uh, uh, chunk of cash and put it towards this lawsuit so it could be brought immediately. Uh, but, of course, we need to recoup that, and there will be other expenses on top of that as this goes on. So that's why we have that fundraiser on there. It's at We the Patriots. 
USA.org. We make it easy. We put a flyer right up on the homepage that says donate to the Ohio derailment litigation. And there's a picture of a train and everything. We make it very, very easy. So you just go to wethepatriotsusa.org. You'll see it right under the features on our homepage. And you can donate right there. And we appreciate anything. I don't care if it's a dollar. Anything someone can give. Um, if everybody could give a dollar, if every one of your listeners gave a dollar, that would be, you know, thousands of dollars that would come in just today. Um, yes. So anything you can give is greatly appreciated. Um, and we want to continue doing this because guess what? I'm already hearing reports. Well, I know you've seen the reports. This, there's been other derailments and other chemical spills that have happened since the Ohio disaster. And now I'm getting a report from a line of trains in somewhere up in the, uh, San, the greater San Francisco area, but in an agricultural area that's just been left there that has some unknown chemicals, and these ranchers around there are like, why are these trains parked there? We haven't seen this before. I don't want to get into conspiracy theories, but at this point... <laughs> Whatever conspiracy may or may not have occurred would not reach the magnitude of what is still ongoing with COVID fascism, with the, with, with the shots... Oh, yeah, they cause every, you know, literally 60% of all medical billing codes are accounted for in theirs, and it's still mandated on pregnant women in healthcare settings, uh, much less everyone else, and uh, it just goes on. I mean, this is the theme today when we've been talking about the, <coughs> the policies do not update with, with the facts on the ground. That's what's so shocking, the, the, and you see this in the legislatures, we're not fixing this so you guys are really the voice for the voiceless at least at the legal side and that's why your work is so vital again we the patriots usa.org um and are you guys on twitter as well yes we do, we are at wt patriots uh usa and then also telegram that's actually the the best place to find mm. us all the uncensored news, the We the Patriots USA news channel. And, of course, you can subscribe to our email newsletter on our website as well. Whenever we get an update, we blast it on our social media, but we also blast it to all of our email subscribers. We don't overwhelm with emails. I know people are hesitant to sign up to emails because you get, like, five emails a day from some of these people. We're lucky if we send out two emails a week. This week it's been a little bit more. Because we have we good news. You know, obviously yep. this litigation, the press conference, and everything going on. But in a normal week, honestly, it's usually like one email, one, maybe two emails in a week. So you're not going to get bombarded with emails from us. Um, but that's the best place because whenever there is a big announcement, a big decision, or a big lawsuit that's been filed, we always, always, always send an email to our followers. Wow. This is very important. We the Patriots USA.org. Brian, thanks so much for joining us again, and please keep us updated. Thank you, Daniel. So again, you got Brian Festa there, really one of the terrific, terrific friends that I was able to meet throughout this whole Fourth Reich ordeal. Um, the best thing about it is just meeting someone who has a heart of gold, giving voice to the voiceless, and you see he's venturing out to other issues as well. And I just want to say a couple of things here. Number one, harking back to the whole rancher story, Everyone's all happy. Oh, I got my guns. I got my guns. And look, I love my guns too. And we have our training at Patriot Academy um, in April. By the way, patriotacademy.org um, slash Daniel. You could you could sign up there. And it's important to learn how to defend yourself. But the problem is, I mean, you can't defend yourself against a justice system where the state comes for you. You can't defend yourself against, uh, I mean, you could defend yourself against traffickers, but you can't because legally they'll come after you. Um, and you can't, Defend yourselves against gain-of-function pathogens, self-spreading vaccines, and 
and, and, and the chemical stuff. And the point is, you don't need to speculate what may or may not have happened. Obviously, the issue is what is still happening for weeks on end. They're like, we're suffering right now. No, 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 it's, it's safe. Yeah, yeah, but then why are we having these problems? And then that does raise questions. Well, if they're allowing it to go on and on and on without doing what they should be doing, it does make you wonder, hey, was it done on purpose? I'm not saying I have evidence of that, um, but that's not even the point. They're preparing more, and we still don't have more. I mean, the State Department, this is, you know, everyone's like, oh, this conspiracy theory that they're going to have a pandemic treaty, have an international control of pandemics. Dude, the State Department just tweeted this out Uh maybe last night, the U.S. is committed to a pandemic accord, they call it an accord, with vastly improved the global health architecture for preventing, preparing for, and responding to future pandemic emergencies. And then we know we have the bird flu stuff going on. Okay, and then we know we have this endless litany of vaccines. They just uh, worked on a, they didn't officially approve, but they're going to, uh, tomorrow the FDA committee is going to meet on these vaccines uh, uh maybe we'll talk about that later this week last week was the asip which is the advisory panel for cdc folks they're gonna do this again and you know i just want to end with this point it's not just the government because the government controls the machinery of the dissemination of information the people will get hyped up about what you tell them to get hyped up. Like, how do you have a senator where there's such a controversy about him running for office while he's brain dead? I'm talking about Fetterman in Pennsylvania. And yet he wins, and yet immediately we're proven right, and he has to check into a hospital indefinitely, and he's gone, and then his wife travels the country, which is bizarre, and it's like a blackout. Usually, I mean, there's only 100 senators, and it's a 50-50 or 51-49 Senate, so it's a big deal. Someone's, you know, there long-term, you'd have daily updates on his status. You don't hear anything. People care about what you're told to care about. You know what's scary? Rasmussen had this poll. Someone remind me of this. Um, it was about a year ago, so I would imagine some of the sentiments have ebbed to, to a certain extent. But... They asked, should we find the unvaccinated? It was like, you know, like 56% of Democrats felt you should. Lock the unvaccinated at home. 58% of Democrats. Send unvaccinated to quarantine camps. It's almost half. Find and imprison critics of vaccine. It's like 47%. Take children from unvaccinated parents. That was about a third of Democrat voters felt that you should. So when they do this again, they have the ability to quickly gain support for this. Welcome to the Fourth Reich. So again, I need you guys to sign up for one of our Strike Force teams. We need to push the legislatures. ConAction.network. Uh, again, if you haven't purchased a copy or a spare for your legislator of Rise of the Fourth Reich, it's still available anywhere you get books. Uh, certainly, if you could request that your county library get it, we need to spread the word. We are not focusing on the issue enough and certainly not in the way that it matters. This is the rape of America on every front. What are we going to do about it? We're the only ones that are really trying to even, uh, you know, struggle for answers at least there is no one simple answer yesterday we talked about uh interposition legislation which is really the biggest thing i think we need to do but we have a lot more um 
to focus on. Send me your comments, questions, and concerns to danielharowitz at starmail.com. Until tomorrow, God bless you all, and thank you for listening.